Okay, so I want y'all to imagine with me that you are driving home after church today. And as you are about to pull into your driveway, you notice that your neighbor has put up a banner. What content would be on that banner that would make you say, there is no way I can live here anymore? Or you're getting a new neighbor and you go to meet them for the first time and you're like, mm-mm, I cannot live next to a person like that. This is something that has been a problem for humanity since the beginning of time. In fact, God is so concerned with how we treat our neighbors that God talks about it throughout the entire scriptures. It's a big deal. What we saw a couple of weeks ago is that in the 10 commandments, there's only two relationships outside of our relationship with God that are referred to how we treat our parents and also how we treat our neighbors. Two of the 10 commandments talk about how we're supposed to treat our neighbors. First, that we're not supposed to lie about them. And second, that we are not supposed to covet or want the things that they have and take it. So this is, a, this is something that is very important to God. And last week, Pastor Stephen said that when some people were trying to trick Jesus and they said, tell us, what is the most important law? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, and as equally as important is this, love your neighbor as yourself. He did not say, love your spouse, love your children. I'm not saying, I did not, that sounded so bad. (laughs) I did not mean it like that. (laughs) I meant he chose to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Because this, neighbors are different than us. And, and we don't do well with difference. In fact, scientific study after scientific study says when you get little children all the way to adults into a room and study them, people choose sameness. People choose something. In, there's this implicit bias within us to go for that which looks like us, sounds like us, acts like us. Add to that how you were raised in the environment you were raised in. And and we have this going against us. So our nature, the brains, our nature is to choose sameness, to not prefer different. And all throughout scripture, God is saying, that's not the way my peculiar people live. In fact, I'm asking you to live with reckless love. It's going to appear reckless, foolish, what I am calling you to do. When Charlie and I moved into our first home in Atlanta, we were so excited because it was a flat cul-de-sac and we had all these boys. It had eight homes on it. And within the first days, we realized we were different. There were on that eight home cul-de-sac, 19 children, aged 14 to two of us were expecting. There, There were seven different countries of origin represented. India, United States, Great Britain, Germany, the Netherlands, Russia, Korea. Seven, not to mention the religions, Hindu, Buddhism, African Methodist Episcopal, and most common, agnostic or no faith. We had 
we were so blown away with how different we did life. I'm talking about what snacks you give your kids, what toys are acceptable for your kids to play with, how you play sports like tag. Everything was different. Holidays, gatherings, the way you shared compliments or chose never to. It was, it was so very different for all of us. And, and the thing that caused the most tension for me and Charlie was that how, how everybody else felt like they were raising our kids too. Even if we were right there <laughs> in, in the cul-de-sac and, and could have said something. It was hard work to get along with people that were so very different than us. Have any of you found yourselves living or going to work or school or even in your own family with people that are just so different than you? It, it's not new. And the Bible is not black and white about many things. I know we wish it was, but I have to tell y'all the Bible is really clear about this. The Bible is really clear about how we're supposed to treat our neighbors. We are supposed to love our neighbors with reckless love as we love ourselves. And I'm so glad that there is this story in Acts that literally tells us how we do this well. When we are so very different and culture has told us we're not supposed to be in relationship, there is the story in the book of Acts. As we prepare to hear about this story, will y'all pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this day. And I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, God, that they would be pleasing and acceptable to you. For God, you are our rock. You are our redeemer. You are the breath within our lungs. And we look to you for transformation. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So this is a story about the encounter of the apostle Peter. Think Peter Fisherman. Peter denied Christ three times and the cock crowed. That Peter. But he's an older man now, and he's living in a town called Joppa. And then another random person named Cornelius, who happens to be a Roman centurion. What you need to know about a Roman centurion is that while they appear, it appears like a kind of a fancy, prestigious name, they oversaw a hundred people, a hundred soldiers. Centurions all were from the plebeius class in Rome, which meant they were just they just had a little bit more than a slave. They were free, which is a huge deal, but they were in no way a position of leadership or any status within society. This was, would have been Cornelius, and he would have started as a foot soldier in the Roman army, and then he would have, through sweat and tears, he would have worked his way up to be a centurion. But what, what's important to know is he was an ordinary, uneducated man. And then you've got Peter, we know Peter. I mean, he, he was just a fisherman. He was an ordinary, uneducated man. And so from where we sit, the two of them kind of came from the same place. They don't have as much not in common as they do, and yet there is no association between them. And so Cornelius lives in Caesarea. And just here's an image of the difference between where they live. Is that Caesarea is north and then Jaffa or Joppa is, it's a 12 and a half hour walk. Keep that in mind. 12 and a half hours away. 
And so one day Cornelius is just hanging out in his house and he was, we know that he was a wonderful man. The scripture says this, he says he had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God and he was always helping people in need. He's a good, good man, but he is Roman. Cornelius is standing there one day and he gets a vision and it's, the vision is so real, it's like a real person. It could have been just his next door neighbor and an angel of God calls to him and this is what the angel says. Your prayers and your neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what I want you to do. Send men to Joppa, to a random house of somebody named Simon and I want you to get the person there. They call him Peter. I want you to go get him and hear what he has to say. And for some reason, Cornelius follows through and he sends a couple of men on that, you saw the distance of the hike down there. And, and then as, as they are on their way, the man, Peter, he's having, he's having goes up on the roof because he's, he's going up there to pray at noon. That's what they did. And he's up on the roof in his house and he's praying and, and he's hungry. It's, it's lunchtime. And then listen to what happens. He saw the skies open up. Something that looked like a huge blanket lowered by ropes at its four corners settled on the ground and within it every kind of animal and reptile and bird that you could think of was on it. And then a voice came, go get it, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter, aghast, said, oh, no, Lord, I have never touched anything that wasn't kosher. I have always followed the rules. And then he heard a voice that said, if God says it's okay, it's okay. Cornelius is up here in Caesarea. He gets this vision that he is supposed to, to have someone different than him come and visit. And then there's Peter and he gets this vision that pushes him to consider difference. And, and I don't mean just pushes. They are grown men who God is saying, you're gonna to have to do some inner work. You're gonna to have to do some inner work of changing your mindset about how to treat people that are different than you. As soon as Peter's vision is passed, he hears a knock at the door. He goes downstairs and there are those men sent from Caesarea. Listen to what happens. Peter said to them, you yourselves know that it is improper for a Jew to associate with or to visit an outsider. But up on that roof just a second ago, God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask you, why did you send for me? 
Cornelius replies, four days ago at this very hour, at three o'clock, I was praying in my house when suddenly a man in dazzling clothes stood before me and he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner by the sea. Therefore, I sent for you immediately and you have been kind enough to come. So now, all of us are here because he had gathered all these people. All of us are here to, in the presence of God to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. And Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every people, anyone who fears him and practices righteousness is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Cornelius gets this vision. Peter gets a similar vision and it is pushing them to consider that it is not just about following a set of rules. God was working in both of their lives because Romans didn't hang out with Jews, even Christ following Jews. It just didn't happen. It wasn't proper. Neighbors would have talked. Friends would have said, that's not okay. Being a follower of Christ does not mean following a set of rules. It's reckless. God was working in both of their lives, that difficult inner work. And so listen to what happens. God shows no partiality. God says it doesn't matter what you used to think was profane. God does not have a list of people who are excluded from him. While we think certain types of people are dirty or dangerous, maybe even disgusting, God shows no partiality. As followers of Jesus, we are commanded to do the same, to love our neighbors, even the ones who do religion different, who raise their children different, who vote different, who identify different. One of the biggest gifts about those years with those families, hindsight, was how different we all were from one another. It was such a gift for our children to be in that experience of so many different cultures, colors, languages. It was not only formative for our kids, it was very, it dramatically and forever changed who Charlie and I are as adults. And it changed the lives of my family who would come to visit. They were this cul-de-sac. This was our family. And, and some of y'all know that Pastor Stephen used to work with me in Atlanta during those years. And this is an example of how they became everybody's family. And, and here is Stephen with, with some of them. And then, and Stephen lived this out beautifully as he mentored all of these boys. Did I mention that, that there were 14 boys out of 19 children? It, it, was, it was Lord of the Flies type situation on the daily. 
And I look back at this picture here. If, if you knew the difference in what each of these men believed about how to do life, and they figured out in this beautiful way to accept difference and just to love recklessly, we live, you live, where we live for not an accident. You are in that house not just because you've lived there for 10 years or 20 or 30. You are in that apartment not just because it was the one that was most affordable. There is a reason to live where you live with the certain people that are living around you. Mr. Rogers said it this way, to love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here. And now, may it be so in my life and in yours.